Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. All right, Um, everybody ready? Yes, Bonnie. Yeah. What was Tony Laster dongle? What's a dongle? That was like sounded so dirty. I know, but it, it isn't. It's the thing that she uses to connect her headphones. Ugh, can't get it out of my mind. Yeah, well, why put it in my mind right before I start recording? Live from New York. (laughs) I'm happy not thinking about Tony's dongle for the entire recording session. Here we go. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight... Do you have a green thumb? I did, but the antibiotics cleared it up. Also, all my plants always die. But fortunately, we've got horticulture professor Dr. Nate Walton on hand to help our gardens grow. Seriously, I killed a tomato plant this spring, and I'm convinced its family is going to come after me. Anyway, we've also got a winner in our Zoom contest. And get out your magnifying glasses. It's the Department of Fine Print audience edition. Some restrictions apply. Void work prohibited. Paula Poundstone is not an Albanian national. I'm Adam Felber, this podcast's constant gardener, avidly pruning extraneous conversational fronds and strands to allow a healthy, focused program to blossom. And now, please welcome the woman who is a walking patch of conversational kudzu. It's Paula Poundstone. Hey, you guys. Hey, Adam. And and thanks to tonight's house band, returning champ and nobody, Tim Crump, on the piano. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Well, Paula, what's new? It's so good to be with all of you. I was away for a couple days. My my travel agent rented me a car at Avis where I get to stand in the fast line because I use Avis a lot. And the good news about the fast line is that all of the questions have been answered already, so they just give you... Like a, it looks like a boarding pass. It's it's a it's a small, thick stock paper with some information on it that Kinch from Hogan's Heroes couldn't possibly decode. And you just take that thing and you go to the car. Um, whereas if you have to go in the regular line, they ask you if you want their insurance, right? Right, which you should never take. Right. I've I, exactly. I've been advised that I I don't need it if I'm renting. Uh, with American Express, but they always tell me that I do need it and that if anything happens to the car, they'll hunt me down and garnish my wages down to my NPR mugs for the rest of my life. <laughs> so so you're left on edge from, from that. Then there's the question about, do I want to pay right then for a gas tank refill or refill it myself or do neither and get charged a shitload of money 
for a partial refill when I bring it back. It's all a trick question. It's it's like the Battle of Wits from Princess Bride when the dread pirate Roberts puts the <laughs> lyocane powder in the wine goblets with Vizzini, and, and he has to figure out which goblet it's in or be poisoned. If I pay for a tank of gas now, I might not use the whole tank and would therefore be ripped off by the rental car company. But if I get lost returning to the airport and don't have time to refill the gas tank, I could be ripped off by the rental car company. You know how they, I well, I always say time is money, and I don't want gasoline on my hands anyway. Anyways, and if I just leave them to refill the tank, it may turn out that my time is not worth that much money and I could be ripped off by the rental car company. Yeah. I didn't have the answer to any of these questions because I was in the fast line. But honestly, (laughs) I didn't know what my travel agent had answered. So I had no idea if I needed to fill the gas tank or not. So I did stop off at a gas station and, and fill the tank. But I have a bad feeling I'd already prepaid for the tank of gas, which means I drank from the poisoned wine goblet. Yes. (laughs) But the truth is, none of that matters because it's not what I wanted to tell you about. Okay. What I wanted to tell you about (laughs) is that while I was filling up my gas tank, I was watching gas station TV and I realized I could leave podcasting altogether if I could just sound happy enough to star on gas station TV. (laughs) Hi, I'm Paula. When you're done fueling up your car, fuel yourself up with a refreshing beverage, mouth-watering pizza, or an American hot dog just inside the Shell Mini Mart. Enjoy the ride. That's great. You sound fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I've been practicing gas station TV, man. That is the... You know, when I was a kid, I dreamed of being in the show business. And at that time, they didn't have gas station TV. There's a lot more opportunities in show business than there used to be. Yes, a lot of car doors have opened. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that there's still a such thing as a travel agent. I have a travel agent that doesn't travel. I have a shy publicist, and I have an agent who doesn't like to talk on the phone. <laughs> and then, as if that's not enough... You have a manager named Bonnie Burns. <laughs> I have a manager named Bonnie I'm Burns. Good part. Uh, well, you you're know, fantastic. Bonnie, I really, I, you know what? She's going to be a dog with the bone on this uh, gas station TV thing. I cannot wait. You guys will be doing, <laughs> you guys will be doing Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone without Paula Poundstone because I'll be on gas station TV. <laughs> I can't imagine those are going to be long recording sessions, Paula. People spend like 30 seconds at the pump. I spend much more than 30 seconds at the pump because I can't always figure out how to work the machine. Me too. Well, if you stop paying attention to the gas station TV, maybe you could concentrate on what you were doing. But that's the whole point. You know, you got to <laughs> lure them in. Hi, yeah. I'm Paula. That's well, you're cheery. refueling your tank. You can refuel yourself. Oh, my God. Who would have thought that I'd want to re- retreat into a book club right now for Eat, Pray, Love? But that's how I'm feeling. Wow. Yeah? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd like to say something. What? Here's what I think. This would be great. Is if Paula did one of the videos for an airline that told them how to put on, like, the mask and where all their stuff was. That would be a great idea. Yeah. I would like to say to them, if you need instructions on how to put on your seatbelt, then just give it up on the mask. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,
<laughs> I did actually, I sat beside a passenger one time who didn't know how to put their seatbelt on. And I, uh, I helped them with it. Wow. They, they really had no clue or they just had trouble bending? Or- no, they didn't know how to do it. I, I think it's a person that uh, just had not, uh, probably didn't have a car. And uh, I don't know. And had never been on a plane. They were wearing a bonnet and their legs were bowed. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Harriet Tubman. I, oh. uh, yeah. No, Harriet Tubman would be terrible at seatbelts. All right. Um, now, with that behind us, I want to call the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Book Club to order. Adam, 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 answer the phone. What? It, Paula, answer the phone. I just started the book club. Answer the phone. Jesus Christ. Um, hello? Hello, Adam. Penelope <laughs> Vanderbottom here. Hi, Penelope. Uh, look, we were just beginning our book club meeting, so... Well, that's why I'm make- calling, Adam. I- I'm so dissatisfied with your club's analysis of Gilbert's work. I'm at odds with it. You're at odds with our analysis of Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love. Absolutely at odds. One, three, five, seven. (laughs) (laughs) Gilbert's work is monumental, but you have to understand it, Adam. Paula Poundstone is incapable of understanding it. She doesn't appreciate art. She had a Gainsborough's Green Boy right behind some Peanuts books, and she didn't even know it. She's not savvy. I tell you, if it wasn't for the generosity of her fans and the fact that I happened by her house and noticed some rare art that she didn't even know she had, she would have starved during the stay-at-home order. (laughs) She's back in theaters now, lucky for her, but the year off didn't exactly make her perspicacious when it comes to literature. Besides, Gilbert takes on love, Adam. It's right in the title, Eat, Pray, Love. Yes, it is. Bonstone knows nothing of love, and neither does that shower caddy, Captain Crankle. Wow. Shots fired. Elizabeth Gilbert is Thomas Pynchon's Proust. Wow. Well, I hadn't thought of her that way. Well, of course you hadn't. Adam, dear, I have a consult with an art dealer. Gotta jump off. Well, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> well, bye, Penelope. Arriva dirt cheap. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Arriva dirt cheap. Okay. Um, well, everybody, <laughs> now that we've heard from Penelope Vanderbottom, uh, let's. Uh, Let's let's hear from the rest of you guys. Uh, to, to to make it clear, hey, we read chapters eighty six through nine. Yes, Adam. I have yes. a theme song. Oh boy! <laughs> yes. Why don't we play the theme song in the middle of the of the segment? Well, no. You just started talking about it. I have one right here. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here you go. We've got a book club. We've got a book club. We've got a bookie, bookie, book club. First and ten, do it again. First and ten, do it again. Push them back, push them back, way back. 
One toke over the line, sweet Jesus. One toke over the line. <laughs> Sit here with what me by the railway <laughs> station. One toke over the line. Um. Wow, boy. <laughs> oh my. That was so yeah. powerful. You know, uh, I tried to get Bonnie on the phone any number of times this week, and I can see now why I was unable to. Uh, she was, she was on a creative bender. Yeah, Bonnie, I don't want to, I don't want to guess at your creative method, but it sounds like you took your comedy tonight thing and and kind of stuffed it into the, into a cheerleader rhythm. Added some cheerleader stuff, and then for reasons which I don't understand, added um, <laughs> a couple of lines of Brewer and Shipley's "One Toke Over the Line." It just Is that so, it, sort of what their, your process was here. It just <laughs> it just came to me in a moment of inspiration. Yeah, like one toke stone just changes subject. I, okay, what I'm hearing is that you were stoned when it came to you, and that makes a lot of sense. No, I don't get stoned. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what? It would be so good if you did, because to say that you came to this straight is troubling. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would have to agree with uh, Senator Poundstone on this one. Yeah, if I were you, I would plead stoned. I would insist that you were high as a kite. Uh, wow. Ooh, yeah. Well, once again, our uh, other matters have eclipsed the book. But I do want to get to the book for just a minute in case anybody has anything to say about it. We read chapters 86 through 95 of Elizabeth Gilbert's masterpiece, Eat, Pray, Love. We're in the love section. She hasn't even kissed anybody yet. But all of her friends are telling her that she really needs to get laid. Meanwhile, she made a friend in Bali who she used the internet to raise the money to buy a house for, which I thought was very nice. It was very nice. Uh, otherwise, I remain unimpressed. <laughs> yeah. Paula? Well, what she hasn't mentioned is how much money it's costing for her to flit around the world. Technically, she hasn't worked in quite a while. Now, Paula, I have been thinking of you as, as we've moved deeper into this book, because I know you know how to eat. But I also know how you feel about praying and loving so yeah. Um, yeah. I, I realized that we were going to be kind of leaving the Poundstone wheelhouse behind as we headed to India and then Bali. Yeah, yeah. It's true. The first the first third of the book, you know, was really my bailiwick. <laughs> yes. The eating part. Not the, not the part of speaking Italian. I have to confess that Penelope Vanderbottom is correct that this is not an area that I have any strength in. Um, I can't remember what chapter I stopped on, but she's she's been going with some guy. It's just that, you know, they've just gone out as friends, and she's explained to him that she's not ready for anything else. That she doesn't know how to do this anymore, yeah. And, and you know what? I already know the shape of the narrative. Yeah. Because she can't do a single thing in this book without saying, like, oh, I hadn't picked up a toothbrush in a long time. Um, but there I was brushing my teeth, and the next thing I knew, there was a guru in the bathroom with me telling me that I was a natural toothbrusher from a previous life. Oh, my God, yeah. stop it. God will speak to her through this man's penis. It, it'll be sort of like a megaphone. <laughs> well, I wonder if the guy's ever going to be bothered that she's, like, writing about their sex life. Like, like he rolls over and a pencil breaks. Uh, oh, sorry, I was just taking... Or she stops in the middle to take notes. Yeah, exactly. 
So there's this long section where she talks about how she's discovered that she needs to just get out of her own way so that she can do better for the world and stuff. And but that's what people have been saying to her the whole book. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that part of that one of my favorite movies, The Producers, where the director Roger Debris is talking about why he thinks that Springtime for Hitler is a really important play. And he says, I mean, I didn't realize that the Third Reich meant Germany. It's just drenched with historical goodies like that. (laughs) And I feel like like Elizabeth Gilbert is serving up some historical goodies like that. I guess, uh, again, Penelope Vanderbottom, totally right. She's Thomas Pynchon's uh, Proust. I think that's that's completely right. All right, let's let's head to uh, let's head to Sherman Oaks, where Tony Anita Hall is just chafing at the bit. Because if you remember, Paula, last week nobody except me basically read the chapters. I had listened to some of it. You had listened to some of it. I kept falling asleep while I was listening, so I was in and out. <laughs> Eat, pray, snooze. All right, hey, uh, Tony, what you got for yeah. us? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So I did read this week's chapters. During a work call today. So um, I did read them this week. Very happy about that. Um, I like these chapters because I love love. And I like that she has a gal pal and little tootie and that she's going to get some with hot Felipe. Yeah. (laughs) I'm ready for it. (laughs) <laughs> well, don't don't in it all I can't believe you're talking this way get some what, what kind of language is that for our little Tony Anita Hall it's been a long lonely COVID Mrs. Culpepper I just don't think get some is appropriate language for a young lady I don't I'm sorry Mrs. Culpepper I'm sure you got busy in the day Mrs. Culpepper I've had the vapors, uh, of course, over uh, Captain Culpepper. Uh, I used to get the vapors when uh, when he would be around, but I never before, I never said Captain Culpepper, <laughs> I would like to get some. What do you mean the vapors? Well, you know, I, I felt uh, heady. I felt heady a little. Sometimes I felt a little dizzy by the scent of Captain Culpepper. Oh, he really did it for you, huh? Oh, he was a handsome man and a fine lover. So you got some. Adam Felber, how dare you? What? I don't, that uh, is such coarse language. I got some. Why not just say he drilled me home? Why not just say that? Oh. <laughs> well, because that's a little more graphic and ew. Drilled you home? It's, it's, no, it's no way to talk. That's no way to talk, especially no. of, of the love of a fine man like Captain Culpepper. I'm sure he still keeps a fire burning for you, Mrs. Culpepper. Well, no, unfortunately, he's unable to at this time in his journey. (laughs) Oh, dear. I just recalled he has passed on, has he not? He has, and how kind of you to remember. Yes, in fact, it was triotoxism, uh, the uh, syndrome that can result from eating bad cheese or other dairy products. The poisoning from cheese or other dairy products, that is correct. I'm amazed you've remembered. Oh, I remember clear as a bell. Absolutely. I even remember that it was the Fontina that offed him. Uh, that's incorrect, Mr. Felber. It was the Gouda that got him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my mistake, Mrs. Culpepper. Forgive, forgive my interruption, uh, Tony and Ada Hall. You, you, go ahead, you go ahead with your girlish patter about uh, Ypres love. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm glad I found my dongle. <laughs> 
Oh. After reading that. <laughs> Tony, Anita Hall, how dare you? <laughs> that's not girlish chatter. That, that's whorehouse jargon. <laughs> wow, Miss Culpepper. I won't have Tony Anita Hall's virtue impugned like that. Shame what's happened to Tony Anita Hull since joining this podcast. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of chatter, let's let's head north now from Sherman Oaks, California, up into the Simi Valley, where lies Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, Paula's manager, and our producer, Bonnie. <laughs> well, I kind of have a different take on this than you guys, because I actually was in suspense with these chapters. I did get disappointed by the end, but there was at least like, hey, what's going to happen? So, you know, she becomes friends with this woman, uh, Wayne, and then, you know, it's clear that they're starting to like each other, and Elizabeth is going there every day, and Wayne's brushing her hair and telling her, whoa, I can tell by your knees that you're not having enough sex. And I start feeling like, okay, I can tell the arc of of the way this book is going. And I'm thinking, oh, I get it. We had the eating, the praying, and now it's going to be love. And so it occurs Are you to telling me, me that 95 chapters in, you've just decoded the title of this book? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying in the writing, it was becoming obvious what was going on. So what I thought was that Elizabeth Gilbert, was she going to have a... What do you call it? Love with a woman. Nuh-uh. No, come on. And so here she is trying to have all these new experiences. Oh, here we go. This is going to be something new. But no, oh. after 90 chapters of hearing her, oh, should I have broken up with David? Oh, God, maybe I should have picked Ian. Oh, no, maybe I should have picked this one. And in the end, no, she doesn't have a relationship with a woman. She goes to that guy. What's his name? The wise guy. I forget what his name is. He's supposed the to be wise so wise. Guy. The Godfather. She goes to the Godfather. No, you know. Katoon? Okay, right. And she asks about romance advice. He's not familiar with the word. And how she explains it is kissing and sex and marriage, all that stuff. From a 34-year-old woman. Yeah, that was that was pretty lame. I yeah. just, Bonnie, I'm just stunned because, for one, I'm disappointed in myself for not seeing that scene where she's hanging out with the beautiful doctor who's moving her knees around and saying, you need more sex. And I didn't imagine that that a hot lesbian scene was coming. Lesbian, that's it. Oh, that's the new word. Yeah, that's the new term. Okay. I couldn't that's... remember anymore because the idea that people think it's like, so we need a word, it's escaped me. Yeah, it's a millennial word. Lesbian is very new to yeah. uh, vocabulary. Um, they just they just <laughs> named an island after it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, okay, it was one of the toppers. This was towards the very end. So, you know, she keeps telling the guy, Philippe or whatever his name is, and yeah. she keeps saying, I'm not going to have sex with you. I'm not going to have sex with you, which, by the way, I don't really believe because I think when you're – in a situation, you've left all the rules of your life in America, and here you are in Europe, and you're, like, turned on by all these new things that are happening to you. I think you jump into bed with the guy right away. Bonnie, Bonnie thinks she was fucking him since page one. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> okay, so now... <laughs> I can't 
you imagine her showing up at the airport in, in Indonesia and it's like, you have anything to declare, ma'am? No, nothing. Well, how about that guy who's having sex with you right now? Oh, no, him? Yeah. <laughs> she was... <laughs> She was so reeling from VD by the time she even got out of Italy. Uh, you know what? I'm going to wash my hands each time I put the book down. Uh, I think you can probably get it from the pages. That's my guess. Yeah. And my guess is that we have reached the end of this because we just have to move on. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Push him back. Push him back. Way back. And with that, I am calling the book club... To a close. That was a fascinating book club meeting. I learned so much about Bonnie Burns. Yes. Now, Paula, speaking of being glad to know things, every week you bring us a new word. I have a word, Adam. It's mephitic. It's an adjective that means smelling very unpleasant. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I spent two hours yesterday chopping four gallons of decomposing mephitic produce to feed my worms. Yum, yum. <laughs> this is such a great word. I wish I could remember it. Let's put it, let's put it right in the vocabulary song. Let's. Oh, oh, Adam, answer the phone. What? No. I, answer the phone. Just plain no. That's a no for me. <laughs> Adam, answer the phone. All right. Hello. Hey, man. Adam, it's me, Mike Bonifit. Oh, hey, hey, Mike. Haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, man, sorry. I'll bet you miss hanging out with me after the game, huh? I've been so busy as an influencer. I gotta post everything I do. Everyone wants to know, you know, like, what's Mike Boom Boom Bonifit eat? What's Mike Boom Boom Bonifit wear? Where does Mike Boom Boom Bonifit hang out? It's crazy, man. People want to know everything about me. They even ask what kind of condoms I use. I told them new. <laughs> new condoms? Yeah, the others don't always work. Hey, listen, Mike, we were just about to do the vocabulary song, so... Hey, hey I'll be glad to do it. Really? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, here, let me see here. <clears throat> This week's word is pathetic. It's an adjective that means smelling very unpleasant, like a really old dead pheasant. Last week's word was perspicacious. It's an adjective. Psych. I'm not going to sing a fucking vocabulary song. Boy, I really got you, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess you did, Mike, because I, I definitely did think you were going to sing it. Are you kidding me? I fucking hate the vocabulary song. It's pathetic. It stinks. You're right, man. It's not even replicable. I, I don't know how you put up with that bitch singing it every week. Hey, 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 Mike. I've told you a thousand times. You're not going to talk about my partner, Paula Poundstone, like that. Hey, listen, man. I got to go. Hang in there. We'll hang out after the game soon. Thank you, Mike. Boom, boom, Bonifant. We're never hanging out after the game. Hey, coming up, Alice Walker wrote, In search yes, we of are, my man. mother's... We're going to hang out after the game. All right, I got to go. Bye. <laughs> Mike, I'm, I'm, goodbye. I'm throwing out to the end of the act. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Coming up, Alice Walker wrote... I can't wait to hang out with you, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Dude, I, I, I'm doing right. a quote. Hang up the phone. <laughs> all right, man. I got to go. I got to go. I don't have time. Come on. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Love you. Take, I don't, what? Uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> All right, coming up, Alice Walker wrote, In search of my mother's garden, I found my own. 
She was a great writer, but terrible with directions. We'll search out our own gardens next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There, there's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds, yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep 
so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Earl Callahan said, no one's ever going to remember me. <laughs> Thank you, house band Tim Crump. Yay, hey, Paula Tim Poundstone. Crump. 
You know, yeah. I was thinking about my college days the other day, and I was thinking, like, what were yours like? Adam, I didn't go to college. What? I, I know. Such a <laughs> scholar as myself. It's hard to believe. No, at one point I thought I was gonna. Uh, you know, I was busting tables for a living, and I thought, you know, maybe college is a better idea than I was originally thinking. And so uh, I had to get my transcript. Uh, and I'm sure I've told you before, I went for my last year of high school, I went to uh, uh, the school for fucked up kids. That was the name of the school, school for fucked up kids. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you might have heard of our football team. Um, so, yeah, so I get, so I get, sorry, so I get my high, so I get my tr high school transcript and I look on it and, you know, everything was fairly disastrous. But I had received two high school credits for a course called gardening. And I thought about it. I thought, I never, this this was from the, you know, the school for fucked up kids. And I thought, I, I never took a gardening class. And then I remembered one day they made us go out and weed the garden. It wasn't even for a whole day. It was like for an hour. I For that, I got two high school uh, credits. And, wow. Um, yeah. And, uh. And and the thing is, I got a B in gardening. And then I, when I looked at it, I remembered <laughs> I had asked to go in for a glass of water. And I remember it irked the teacher. Because if you hydrate in gardening, that will drop your grade. That was the lesson there. Do you ever wish that you'd had some sort of better instruction on gardening? Because I know you do try to grow stuff now. I do, and I'm not very good at it. Yes, I wish there was a way. I wish there was what? some way that I could get some sort of information about gardening. This is an amazing coincidence and happenstance, Paula, but we Whoa. have an expert in that subject right here. Get out of town. No. It's true. Yes. In fact, Dr. Nate Walton is the consumer horticulture instructor for Michigan State University's extension program. His expertise includes consumer horticulture, plant diagnostics, and entomology. Please welcome... Professor Nate Walton. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, what do you want us to call you? Oh, geez, I don't know. Uh, Nate is fine. All right, Nate. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and what a bizarre coincidence that you, the consumer horticulture instructor for Michigan State University's extension program, were just hanging out on the phone. Uh, what a coincidence. Um, <laughs> how, how do you recommend a novice gardener begin? Like, what are, what are the steps? Well, you know, I think um, the first thing you want to do is, so if, if you're gardening in the ground, like in your yard, um, if you have access to you know, a place where you can garden in the in the existing soil. Uh, getting it's getting to know your soil is a really great way to get started. You know, get down in there, uh, dig it up, uh, smell it. Uh, it's always good to get a soil test. So, um, you know, find a a local either business or extension service who will provide you with a a soil test and get the soil tested. So you kind of know what you're working with. You know, that's a really important place to start is with the soil. Um, if you're doing a raised bed or a container garden, um, you know, in that in that situation, uh, you know, just finding a good source for a good growing media. Because when you're growing in a container, you're not going to be using uh, soil for that. That's that's going to be some kind of a growing media. So finding a a local business. What that do you, you mean trust growing media? That. What does that mean? Yeah. TikTok? Well, you know, it's uh, a. <laughs> 
it's uh it's not soil really it's it's like um usually a mixture of things like maybe peat moss and some other amendments that that um you know plants grow well in but it's it's not really soil it's not the same thing you'll find if you go out and dig a hole in, in the ground in your yard well what are you looking for when you test your soil what's an a plus in soil well um you know we have lots of different soils uh you know here we're, we're growing in north america and uh but and all of them that will grow plants uh, but kind of the number one thing you're trying to find out is the ph which is the acidity uh, of the soil uh, most plants do well on a six or a seven ph soil in between there somewhere so slightly acidic uh, and that's really important to find that out um, some places might have more acidic soil or more uh, alkaline soil that that you might need to adjust in order to grow like vegetables in it. Are there are there plants that don't do well together? Like, are there plants that you can't grow in the same garden? Are there are there you know are there Hatfields and McCoys in terms of plants, or you know, or goats and 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 cows? Well, not that I've come across anyway. Uh, most plants will be fine together. I think sometimes one thing that you can run into is if you plant a plant that maybe. Uh, takes up a lot of space and you plant it next to, to plants that maybe don't grow as quickly. The fast growing plants that take up a lot of space might crowd out the other plants. And so thinking about things like that. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That happened to me with a zucchini and oh. some, some pepper plants I was trying to grow last year where the zucchinis just took over and uh, didn't work out so well. Z but Zucchini are crazy. You know, um, they make you feel like you're a great farmer because you're like Jack with the beans. You throw a couple of your mother angrily throws your zucchini seeds out the window, and the next day, the, the window is covered in zucchini leaves. They grow really fast. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So once, I, as you can tell, I have, I have done a little bit of gardening. Once my garden from one year is dead, do I need to do something to the soil before I plant for the following year? Well, if... Yeah, I mean, there are some things you could do. I, I think um, it's definitely important to remove the uh, the residue or the plant material that's the dead plant material from the previous year's plants. Isn't that mulch? Plants. Well, it, yes, it certainly can be, but it also will harbor diseases and things oh. that pests that, that you might not want there. I don't. Yeah, so. I don't want that. <laughs> So you could use a cover crop. If you want like a living mulch, you can plant another plant there that will serve kind of overwinter there. Um, and then when you go to replant the garden, um, you'll, you'll be, um, you know, planting into that cover crop. But uh, it's really best to get the previous year's plants out of there. Uh, maybe do some amendments to the soil, like if you need to, um, you know, replenish it in terms of organic matter or nutrients and then it'll be ready to go next spring. All right. Now, need I concern myself? Is there anything with male-female plants? Is that a thing? Well, for, for our garden plants, uh, for the most part, no, that, that's not a thing. Uh, there are uh, male and female flowers on some of our plants, uh, like the squashes have male and female flowers. And that's something that, that you do need to kind of think about. Uh, and, and certainly... Um, Flowers are really important. They need to be pollinated to get fruits and vegetables. You know, we need pollinators, insects like bees and things, to move that pollen around. And like with our squash plants that have the male and female flowers, that's even more important because the pollen has to be moved from the male flowers to the female flowers to get a 
to get a fruit, a squash. So when I did grow zucchini, and I grew giant zucchini accidentally, in fact, uh, on YouTube, I put up some uh, films about my zucchini, um, which right. eventually just overtook me personally. They attacked. Um, <laughs> so, so, so if I grew zucchini, then that means I did have pollinators. That means bees did move um, pollen from flower to flower in my zucchini. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have gotten any zucchinis if you hadn't had bees. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, now, the hardest thing for me. Uh, in terms of the garden that I had uh, was the uh, rats and bugs that got pretty much everything. Um, well, you, you, you can't grow rats, Paula. I, yeah, I made They're the mistake. They're not a plant. I made the mistake yeah. of raising rats. Honestly, I should have a laboratory here at my house. I have so many rats. <laughs> um, so I actually, they, they, I kept losing stuff to bugs and rats. And so I finally stopped because I also was concerned, you know, it was taking a lot of water to grow the plants. And if I wasn't really going to have a harvest exactly. Um, and I also wasn't sure that I was watering in the most efficient way. Is there a, is there a technique to watering so that you don't waste? Well, yeah, definitely watering is a, really important um, thing to think about when you're gardening and even when you're getting started as a novice gardener I think um, it, it, we it's definitely important to uh, make sure you're not using too much water and and really uh, make sure the plants are getting enough but you're not using too much of it and so uh, not using like a sprinkler because sprinklers are like, any kind of overhead irrigation is really inefficient it's going to lose water to the atmosphere. Uh, so drip irrigation or soaker irrigation of some kind. So that you're delivering the water right to the soil where the roots are. Mm -hmm. And then mulching over that, um, you know, with some kind of a mulch. There's lots of different mulches out there. Um, and uh, that can will help the soil retain the water, help that moisture stay there in the root mm -hmm. zone of the plants. And, um, and, and just making sure, you know, go out and stick your finger in the soil and see how much water the plants are getting. Um, let me ask you, though, are there any plants that you would advise really shitty gardeners to start with? Because anything I plant dies, like instantly. Like, it's, it mm -hmm. dies screaming usually, too, which I, I was told plants are not supposed to do. Um, <laughs> so what about me, the guy who kills plants? What should I be growing? Well, I you know, some things that are really... Uh, easy are things like radishes. They're really short, um, short cycle. They, they produce relief quickly, and, he, and that can be very satisfying. Um, and it's a short amount of time, so less time to mess it up. Uh, leaf leaf lettuces are pretty easy. Um, uh, you know, tomatoes aren't all that easy, but they they're you know they're they're pretty easy. Oh, so I, I murdered it. My next door neighbor is is a gardener, and she gave <laughs> she was selling tomato plants, and she gave me one and said just water it once a day and leave it in the sun, and I did. But then I went to New York for a week and a half, and it died. You know, <laughs> you have to. Re I I I sometimes mistakenly have put um, uh, rotten tomatoes in my mulch pile, and um, you. It, it turns out I really shouldn't because it's too acidic for the compost. But I'll tell you, just throwing a rotten tomato in there, a, a whole tomato plant has grown many times. You really have to go out of your way to kill a tomato plant, I think. 
I did it, Paula. I did it. It was you, it was magic. My son, you have a gift. Um, <laughs> all right, what about this, Nate? Uh, oh, you mentioned radishes. You know why radishes grow quickly? Because they're gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys, George Bernard Shaw wrote, the best place to find God is in a garden. You can dig for him there. And then he added, or you might find my Uncle Dave who owed money to the mob. We'll dig into more gardening when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Dottie from Chandler, Arizona. Although I'd love it if people sat in a chair and listened to my album, Paula Poundstone Goes to College, with no distractions. Like Shawshank Redemption, how Andy Dufresne listened to the Mozart album until the corrupt guards broke in and beat the fuck out of him. That would be great. <laughs> not, not the part where the corrupt guards broke in and Andy spent two weeks in the hole, but the part where he just listened. If listeners could do that, that would be great. But also... When you listen while doing chores, it really lifts the burden. That's Paula Poundstone Goes to College, the comedy album. We are back with Dr. Nate Walton. Paula Poundstone, take it away. Nate, I mentioned the bugs and rats that keep getting my stuff. Is there a way to eliminate aphids, whiteflies, hornworms, snails, spider mites, and squash bugs without spraying pesticides? Well, that's a great question, Paula. Um, you know, the... The uh, the thing that we recommend for pest management to start is is to really make sure the plants are healthy and can fight off all those things. So you know, with the vertebrate pests like the rats and the uh, groundhogs and things like that out there, uh, you know, fencing or some some kind of exclusion is really your only strategy. Or wait, you, so you, wait, that. so you give your plants a sword? <laughs> <laughs> wait, back up. When you said the, the yeah. plants themselves can fight those things off, how is that? Well, for diseases and even some of the insects that feed on them, they have an immune system. They can produce uh, chemicals that, that are distasteful or or that will um, you know fight off the, the pathogens that are attacking them. Um, and, and to do that, they need to be not be stressed out. So they need good nutrition. You know, the soil needs to be the right uh and they're irrigated properly, so they've got all the, you know, they're healthy and they can fight off those those problems. You're still probably going to see some pests on them. Um, and then it's the thing then is that you just need to be out there looking at your plants. And when you see those bugs or those disease problems starting, trying to uh, get them, you know, before they become a, a real serious problem, either by just picking them off or, uh, you know, using some other management practice, we really don't recommend going to, you know, to spray something. Um, Are there natural really... pesticides though? Like, is there glop that you can put nearby that will make the aphid say, this is not an area I want to be in? Well, sure. You know, there are, you know, things, anything that you really, that you're going to buy at the store and spray on a plant is going to be classified as a pesticide, but they're not necessarily, uh, you know, 
gonna gonna kill things. You can have repellents that you use in that way that repel pests or make the 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 plant not taste good to them or not smell good. Um, so there are there's certain and there are natural pesticides that that are gonna you know not be as harmful uh, to beneficial uh, creatures out there in your garden. What it, well what if you had like a screen device um, and you just played Tucker Carlson on it? Um, would that, uh, you know, that might, ra- that might repel the pests, but it might radicalize your garden. <laughs> That's true. All right. Sorry to interrupt, Nate. You were, you were saying something and I totally interrupted. I apologize. Well, you, when you mentioned screens, it reminded me that you can put like a mesh mesh or like row, row covers, which is a light kind of fabric material over plants to protect them from a lot of pests. And that can be a really useful management thing that, that's not using a, a pesticide. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Now, how about this? Why do weeds matter? Like, can't you just have weeds among your vegetables, sort of a live and let live uh and what are weeds? Like, who decided what's a weed and what isn't? Aren't they all just plants? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. And, Is and racism think... alive and well in the plant world? <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I, I deal with this question a lot, actually. You know, there it really depends on the context. Some people... Um, you know, one person's weed is is another person's uh, you know plant that, that they have a use for. So, it's it's really a weed is is up to the it's up to you. You know what you decide is a weed that you don't or a plant that you don't want growing right. in your yard. Well, or what we say around here is yeah. one person's weed is what Bonnie Burns was smoking when she wrote the theme song this week. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, go yeah, on. Like I love I, I I love dandelions. I, I don't know why people make such a fuss about pulling them up. Yeah, yeah, you know, and dandelions are are good for for bees and and other insects, and and uh, there's lots of plants like that 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 have come kind of been maligned over the years, but um, you know, really uh, aren't maybe aren't doing any harm to your yard, and and can be left alone. Um, there are certainly situations like in a vegetable garden where where other you know plants that aren't your desired plants can crowd out the plants that you want. They can compete with them for nutrients. They might um, restrict airflow. So one of the problems with with plants uh, growing too densely in a garden is that you get disease problems because there's no airflow and the water just kind of sits on the foliage and, oh. and you get disease problems. Oh. So, so there are some situations where you need to remove some plants. But even non-weeds can get kind of aggressive. I remember when I was a kid, my, my mom planted some mint in our backyard. By two years later, those were the only damn things in the garden. Right. Yeah, we call those aggressive plants. Uh, and, and you know, um, but they're really just really good at growing in that soil or particular situation where you've put them in. And um, can you really blame them for, for doing so well? I don't know. But no, it's... It, yeah, it's challenging if you've got a plant like that that you don't want there. Um, you know, um, uh, Bonnie Burns, when her daughter was young, uh, they planted lemon seeds together. Is that, can you just plant lemon seeds from your lemon and now you're going to have a lemon tree? Well, wow. I You know, I don't know enough about lemons. I know with apples that they, that doesn't work. So if you... Well, you can grow an apple tree from a seed that you get from an apple you eat at the store, but the tree is going to produce apple fruit that don't resemble the fruit that you 
got the seed from really? because apples don't grow true to seed, right? What do you mean I don't they know don't if lemons are like that. Seed. So you mean it would be like it would be like you had a golden retriever and and it had it mated with another golden retriever and then they birthed a bulldog? Well, yeah, I mean, not exactly, but kind of, yeah, kind of like that. Wow. I feel like I've really opened your eyes to science, Nate. Now, um, Yeah, I do too. Uh, <laughs> Nate, is it possible for you to educate me enough in gardening that I wouldn't have to go to the grocery store anymore? Like, could I just grow all, you know, all my own produce? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I could teach you well enough, but I could get you started and, and you you would need a lot of space and you'd need a lot of time. And I really think that you probably, um, you know, are still going to want to go to the grocery store sometimes. I think that uh, it's pretty, it'd be pretty challenging for, um, for, for anyone to try to do that. Um, but, and that's, you know, that's why our farmers are so important. We all really, it's great. And we encourage people to grow their own food in their backyard. Um, but you know, really we still need our farmers to produce all that great food that we can still get fresh and, and, uh, you know, easy to access at the grocery store. Yeah. You know what I would ask of farmers, uh, to who, to whom I am grateful, uh, by the way, cause I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy produce. Um, but what I would ask of farmers, and I don't think this is too much to ask, which is when you have a crop growing, particularly near a highway, I feel there should be a law that they have to put up a sign that says what's growing. Be yes. Because how many times <laughs> you've driven past it and you're like, what is that? Don't we deserve to know, Nate? Yeah, no, absolutely. That would be a great law. I would support it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would. I'll tell you wow. something. It would make me a safer driver because a lot of times I'm craning yeah. my neck to look and then, you know, and, and then I look up and there's a car in front of me. So that would be a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah, try spotting a single grape at 75 miles an hour. Can't be done. Can't be done. Can't be done. Well, uh, this was fantastic, Nate. Thank you so much. I, I'm, a I'm a little concerned by your hesitancy when I said, could you teach me to grow? And you said, well, I don't know if I could. Um, I, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if there's something about me that makes you think you couldn't. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, teach. definitely. Nate is a professional. Uh, he teaches horticulture, and he's clearly backing quietly away from you and me when it comes to being our, <laughs> our tutor when it comes to gardening. <laughs> but, Nate, that was excellent. But we're going to take all this information that you uh, gave us right now, and now we're going to run it through the old Poundstonator. Paula? Thank you, house band Tim Crump, for this fabulous piano music. Could I get you to give me a teensy-weensy bit of background music here, and I'll tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. Oh, my God. I was caring for my garden. I fell asleep and woke up with the vine of an aggressive zucchini around my neck. Dr. Nate Walton <laughs> was too helpful. I've grown the fucking Audrey, too. I never should have gotten to know my soil. Oh, I shouldn't have kept the pH around six or seven, slightly acidic. Mo, Mo, come here. Mo, come. Good dog. Good dog. Go get help. I'm being strangled by this aggressive zucchini plate. Get help. That a girl. I have to keep my spirits up. I can barely breathe. 
I should never have made space between the plants and kept the weeds out so my desired plants could get oxygen. I never should have cleared the dead plant debris. The disease that developed there might have killed off this fucking zucchini plant. Ah! Ah! I shouldn't have grown these zucchini plants in a coed setting. They couldn't have produced. And my head wouldn't be stuck between these two huge squashes. Fuck this zucchini plant. I never should have used a drip irrigation system to make sure it got every drop of water. I shouldn't have used a row cover to keep bugs off of it. Bugs. That's it. Aphids. Here, aphids. Come on, aphids. I, I, I don't know what sound to make to call an aphid. Rats! Come here, rats! Come on, rats! Rats! Wait, Mo! What are you doing back here? Get that fucking tennis ball away from me! I'm not gonna throw that spitty, muddy, disgusting tennis ball! Oh, my God. Oh, that was great. Wow. Thank you. Nice. It's the, uh, it's the garden. Scary. Very scary. Very scary. He is the consumer horticulture instructor for Michigan State University's extension program. Thank you so much, Dr. Nate Walton. Uh, Nate, thank you so much. That was great. Nate, that was awesome. Oh, thank you, and good luck gardening. Uh, appreciate it. Coming up, we'll squint at the Department of Fine Print Listener Edition, and we will also announce the winner of our Zoom contest. All that is next. Why would you go away? Fun fact, oysters can change from one gender to the other, but both are what scientists call really gross. I used to love oysters. And we are back, and thank you, Tim Crump. That sounds fantastic. All right, Paula Poundstone, this is an exciting day for us. Because, as you know, we were running that Zoom contest. Yes! And what we were doing is we were asking uh, people to enter the contest for a chance to win you and me as guests at, at their Zoom party with up to 50 friends. Yeah, but no one has 50 friends, so don't feel pressured, ladies and gentlemen. No, just invite people you really want to see at the party. I just heard from Laura, who won the last Zoom party. She just wrote to me recently saying what a great time she had had. Oh, really? And that was months ago. That's so nice. It was nice. Why did it take her that long to write a thank you note? No, she wrote a thank you note right afterwards. It's just that I guess she was thinking about it one day and wrote again and said, I just, you know, I wanted oh. to repeat that I had a great time. It, it really is fun. It's a Zoom party with me and Adam and up to 50 of your friends. So let's get right to it because we had a lot of entries and here to present the winner... Let's bring to the microphone from Sherman Oaks, California, Tony Anita Hall. Tony, step on up. Tell us who won. Yeah, so the Zoom contest winner is Maria Caswell. Yay! Yay! Just, just to remind everybody, Maria had to correctly name which of Paula's 10 cats stands on the refrigerator and cries at her every evening starting at 6 p.m. Is that correct? That is correct. And the cat that does so is... Tonks. 
Tonks, ladies and gentlemen. Tonks. So, so everybody who correctly answered Tonks, uh, all their names were put into a, a bin, and Maria's name was pulled from the correct answerers. Uh, so congratulations, Maria Caswell. Uh, Maria told us that she lives near Occidental, California, which is in Sonoma County. She lives on 20 acres with a husband and two cats, wow. Blue and Mouse. Her kids are, are, are long gone. I assume she means they moved out. Uh, she's a professional violinist and violist specializing in historically informed performance. Her main gigs are Philharmonia Baroque Orchestra and Voices of Music. She's been a fan of, of me and Adam for a long time through Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, a loyal Poundstone Institute follower, and now a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Oh, since day one she's listened to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and as a result has become a huge fan of Tony Anita Hall and Bonnie Burns. Uh, she Aww. says of Tony Anita Hall that she, this is Maria Caswell, is also a devoted Googler. Yay, I love that. Congratulations, Maria Caswell. And now you and up to 50 of your closest friends will be able to enjoy a Zoom party featuring myself and Paula Poundson. We can't wait for it, Maria. And again, congratulations. Looking forward to it, Maria. All right, moving on. Paula, it is time for the Department of Fine Print Listener Edition. And what that means is that we've got some fine print stuff that we found for everybody. But we also have had a bunch contributed by our listeners, I believe mostly at the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Facebook page. Is that correct, Tony? No, it's not correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I just wanted to plug the Facebook page because it's great. They were emailed in. All right, but there were emails that nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's all right. We got to get our plugs right. You know, there was such a pause there before Tony spoke. It was so clear that she had to get up off of her Murphy bed to come. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She was actually in the wall, and she had to lower the Murphy bed to come respond. Yeah. I feel like it was one of those how do I tell Adam he's completely wrong kind of pauses. Oh, It's not that hard, Tony. Watch this. No, Adam. See? See, that didn't even have to be apropos of anything. Anyway, um, let's do fine print. What fine print have you found? Let's start with Paula Poundstone. Oh, oh, I have a box of herb-crusted pita crackers. And in small print on the side, it says, great with dip, which (laughs) I would not have thought of. Then there's even smaller print because the picture on the box is an herb-crusted pita cracker with a little teeny swirl of dip in the upper corner. And they are triangular. And then... In the very small print in the corner, it says serving suggestion so that no one is disappointed when they take them out of the box and they don't find a little swirl of dip uh, in the upper (laughs) corner. (laughs) I love that. I got to tell you, my wife and I were once hanging out with an older couple from the Midwest. Sure. And they didn't have a lot of good conversational gambits. (laughs) I'll never forget that the uh, wife of this couple started a conversation like this. Now... My first experience with dip 
<laughs> and that's when we knew it was going to be a really long night. She was looking at the the, the dip and, and thought that, well, I can make a conversation about that. <laughs> wow. My first yeah. experience with dip. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I can't even count my dip experiences. I, I didn't even mark on my calendar my first dip experience. All right. I um, guess that's why the herb-crusted pita crackers had to say in small print down on the side, great with dip, because there is a part of our population, perhaps from the Midwest, who knows, that has no <laughs> idea that they were great with dip. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it makes all, it's all coming together now. All right, uh, uh, Bonnie Burns, what fine print have you found for us? Um, I saw on a Chipotle truck, the big trucks carrying, you know, semi-trucks, there was a warning label that said, drivers do not carry burritos. Oh. (laughs) You know why? There was that rash of burrito robberies uh, on the highway there for a while. And so... I bet that that's exactly why it happened, Paula. If you're somebody who's likely to stop maybe at a rest stop or something in the middle of the night and you're hungry, and you see a Chipotle truck, especially if you've had a couple of things to drink, you might be tempted to go, all right, give me all your burritos and nobody gets hurt. Or just pull out your pistol and make them dance. (laughs) I don't know why shooting at people's feet ever made them dance. That doesn't, I don't know where that idea came from. Um, Wagon train. Yeah, somebody pulls out a pistol and shoots at your feet. You know, I, I right away just start swing dancing. You know, or maybe moonwalking. You don't want to moonwalk because that keeps your feet on the ground, which defeats the purpose of getting away from those bullets. Oh, is that what you were supposed to be doing, is getting away from the bullets? I thought the whole idea was they just wanted to see you dance. I was doing like a mum and shunts thing. Um, all right. Uh, well, that is very helpful to know that they don't have burritos on the, what was it? On the Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. Trucks. Yeah. Good to know. All right. Uh, Tony Anita Hall, what you got over there in Sherman Oaks? Yeah, so I've got some Pez over here. Pez? Some Pez candies. And in very tiny print on the side, it says, made by Pez Candy Inc. For nutrition info, write Pez Candy Inc. 35 (laughs) Prindle Hill Road, Orange, Connecticut, 06477. Oh, will you, Tony? Will you write them? I'm going to write. I'm writing. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. I just say, you know, I I had three Pez today and I was wondering how many of my daily (laughs) nutritional requirements uh, I covered. Uh, You should ask them if Pez can be used as a meal supplement. And if so, how many Pez would you have to eat to do equal a nutritious (laughs) breakfast? Tell them that sometimes you have a Pez shake in the morning. And is that enough to keep you going all day? Yeah, tell them that the ingredients for a Pez shake... Is, is about a half a cup of ice and uh, 3,200 Pez. <laughs> Tony, whose head is on your Pez? Oh, I actually just have the Pez. I don't even have the head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. I know. I just eat them straight. The only reason to eat Pez is so that you can pull back Mickey Mouse's head and have the <laughs> Pez come out of his neck. <laughs> it's so creepy. You know what I wish... I wish Pez would make a series of Pez containers um, based on the um, corrupt members of the Trump Associates. 
So you could have a, oh. a Michael Flynn Pez. You pull back Michael Flynn's head and his neck spits out a Pez. A, a Paul Manafort. <laughs> yeah. A Lev Parnas. Igor Furman. Ivanka. Oh, my gosh. It could be so great. And it also just strikes me that now that we're talking about it this way, that Pez dispensers must think that we humans are vampires. Because it comes right out of their necks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Huh. I really like that idea. I do, too. Trump associate Pez series. All right. So here's my um, department of fine print. My kids enjoy a certain boxed organic macaroni and cheese that we've bought for them forever. Craft. And I happen to look at the bottom of this box in the smallest print. Craft. Um, it says, after an asterisk, no significant difference has been shown between milk derived from RBST treated and non RBST treated cows. What's RBST? <laughs> well, you know what? I was like, well, what are you doing, organic mac and cheese? I'm going to look into it. And RBST is a cow growth hormone that has been deemed by the FDA to be safe. It helps cows produce more milk, but it, it does not alter the milk that cows produce at all. Craft. Hmm. Craft macaroni and cheese. It's not craft. It is. Craft would never claim to be organic. <laughs> no, it's craft macaroni and cheese that you've been giving to your kids. It's no shame in it. It's not. It's literally organic mac and cheese. You know what? Just put your head in this paper bag and tell the truth. It's Annie's. Bonnie's right. It's Annie's. Craft. It's craft. Annie's, absolutely. It's craft. No, it's not craft. It's Annie Annie's Craft. Is so much better. Craft Annie's. No, Annie, I don't know her last name, so you might have a point there, but I don't think Annie's yeah. last name is Craft. Yeah, it's Annie Craft. Yeah. No. Annie Craft. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony, let's craft. let's hear from our listeners on it's not. Let's hear from our listeners on some uh it's not craft. Some craft. other pieces of fine print. It's not craft. <laughs> craft. So Tony Reese sent in a picture of a gas pump that said, Do not insert into mouth or rectum. Oh wow. Oh. A gas pump. Wow. Well, you know what? If they were that bored at the gas pump, it's because they weren't watching Paula Poundstone's new show on <laughs> Gas Pump TV. That's, oh, that's going to be an important part of what I have to announce at Gas Station TV. Hi, I'm Paula. While you're refueling your tank, refuel yourself by going into the Shell Mini Market. Oh, by the way, do not insert the gas pump into your mouth or rectum. Oh, I don't want to punch up too much for you, Paul, but if I could just do a little emendation, I think you should you should say, do not insert the gas pump into your mouth or your rectum. What? <laughs> I just like it as two completely different thoughts. Uh, um, do, do not insert the gas pump in your mouth. Someone else did it and a rectum. Uh, had to be done. Had to be done. Had to be done. I, I guess Craft. I guess somebody did both of these things at some point, or else you wouldn't need that disclaimer, right? It's not it's not Betty and Legal sitting around going like, Boy, we should warn him not to put this gas pump up their ass. No, I think it depends where it's located. I think there are some communities where Betty has to go, you know what? Just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Wherever it is Marjorie Taylor Greene got elected, that was a red flag for Betty. Yeah. Over in legal. That, yeah, because that could be an area where frequently EMTs get a call in the middle of the night. You got to go to the Amico station. 
And you know, that's probably a relatively new thing because I've never read that before. They probably started doing it about the time people started taking ivermectin for COVID. Um, What did Claudia Carlton say? Uh, She wrote in and said, humanity may be doomed, along with a picture of an elevator with a sign that reads, please make sure elevator is there before stepping in. (laughs) <laughs> that, okay, that's over in Toontown because how many times have cartoon characters stepped into an elevator shaft with no elevator there? That can happen if you're drawn. Anyone who's ever gotten into a, a conflict with Droopy Dog knows how that can turn out. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, when you land, there's already a Band-Aid on your head. <laughs> and birds circling tweet, it. Tweet, 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 craft. It strikes me that some of these uh, disclaimers, some of this fine print is kind of almost Trumpian in that it's almost like they're telling on themselves. Like, I'm going to say don't do this because this is something I've done. (laughs) They they asked for the copy to be written by the victims themselves. Right. (laughs) Don't put your penis in the bubblegum machine. Yeah. Take it from me. Chewy Louie, don't put your penis in the bubblegum machine. All right, um, Tony, let's do another one. (laughs) This is from Nobody Amanda Berry. My latest giggle for the Department of Fine Print was seen on a small bottle of soothing touch bath, body, and massage oil I received from a friend. It included the following. Caution, oil will make any surface slippery. Ooh, very helpful. (laughs) Amanda actually wrote this from the tub. Uh, She hasn't been able to get out. (laughs) She's like a hydroponic plant herself now. She's just stuck in there. You're supple, but you're stuck. (laughs) All right, Tony, do you have any others? One more from a Michael Z., The tag on the rolling towel dispenser where I work reads, warning, use only to dry hands and face. Any other use can be dangerous, dangerous in all capital letters. I keep trying to imagine what real world disaster was the spark that necessitated the writing of that label. Wow. (laughs) Thank thank you, Michael Z. Yeah, I'm trying to picture it myself now. Oh, it's it's Um, definitely more butt stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? I put That's an entire sad. roll of paper towels in my buttocks. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it did no. not work out as well as I had intended. Wait, this on the roll? No, the rolling towel dispenser. Well, okay, rolling. I'm thinking of the cloth one that just stays in and, and revolves. That is it. Do you, is that it? That is it. He sent a picture. Oh, boy. Yeah. So if you were to use it for your butt, you'd have to put one leg through the loop. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you're definitely going to end up on social network. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Let's make a gallery on our Facebook page. These are fantastic. Would you mind, Tony, taking a picture of yourself... Uh, with one leg through the rolling <laughs> towel dispenser. Absolutely I hope this, not. Yeah, I hope, I hope this isn't too compromising for you. 
No, I said absolutely not. Tony Anita Hall, you need to dedicate yourself, Tony Anita Hall, to the Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone show. Uh, uh, you need to be more selfless. <laughs> Ms. Gallpepper, Tony should not do anything she feels uncomfortable doing. Well, I don't know about that. What did she say earlier? What did she say? You said you needed to get some. Well, you get some towel, Tony Anita Hall. You get some rolling towel dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> That is one feisty hand puppet. Hey, uh, everybody, if you have questions or comments, drop us a line at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And Paula, I got to ask you, what is going on with your Poundstone product empire right now? Adam, things are jumping at Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated. We, of course, believe that happy employees serve happy customers. So we like to keep our employees happy by providing dental care. Dental care? She gave us floss. And she said it was our Christmas bonus. We're selling worm waste, worm castings, known as black gold to gardeners from the world's funniest worm farm for $4 a pound plus shipping. If you'd like some, email us at paula at paulapoundstone.com and we'll strike a deal. If you forget the address, just go to my website, paulapoundstone.com and look for the contacts. We'll scoop you out the good stuff. I have one worm named Leonard who seems to do the lion's share, and it is rich in plant nutrients. I know we're moving towards winter, but houseplants need love too, you know. Uh, you can also find my book, The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, in paperback and audio at the store at paulapoundstone.com. Lily Tomlin says of it, I laughed, I cried, I got another cat. There is so much more, but of course... Heidi. Yes, and Heidi, if you'll just give me a second. Uh, the filmmaker Charlie Band, who made B-movies, made over 300 of them between the early 70s and today. And the book he wrote with me, Adam Felber, called Confessions of a Puppet Master, comes out in just about two weeks, so you want to pre-order it now. It's the book that Booklist said reads like a Tarantino film written by Hunter S. Thompson. And I just had that little review tattooed on my buttocks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm never getting a better review than that. Let's face it. All right, everybody, subscribe to this podcast. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. And if there's a subject or topic you want to know about, tell us. We're at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Octavius Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Nate Walton. Yay! And to our house band, Tim Crump. Yay! Tim Crump! Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Nita Hull. Star Burns production by Lan Romo. Poundstone Industries production by Vic Lowry. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Craft. Wow. Well, uh... Craft. I was just reading the fine print on our podcast. What does it say? And it says, please do not insert into any orifice other than your ears. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a period of time where it was one of those dare things to listen, you know, a different way. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was not safe. There's places where earbuds should just not go. Yeah. 
And if your body burns, one of those places is your ears. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that she would get an earbud stuck in her ear, but she never got her hearing aid stuck in her ear. She would be a different person entirely if she had vacuumed up her earbud and gotten her hearing aid stuck in her ear. (laughs) She would be hearing stuff. Exactly. That would be very different. Craft. That's one for the record books. Ah, oh, that's funny. Craft. Scrappings Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.